Well, hello, and we welcome you to the World Travel Dad Show, where we help you travel intelligently with your family. With trip planning, money-saving tips, and funny stories, we are a resource for your next travel chapter. We are excited to have you here, and we hope our adventure helps you with yours. Tips, jokes, stories, and overall fun for your ears to enjoy. Now here's our host, World Travel Dad. Welcome in, you found the World Travel Dad Show. I'm your host, James Olson, a.k.a. World Travel Dad. I'm doing something a little bit different today. I'm still in Spain. This is the last stop of the trip. I'm in Mallorca, Spain. I'm going to do an episode on Mallorca later. But today I'm going to do the logistics episode. This is the one that I think can actually be helpful. So if you know somebody that's packing for a trip with their kids... Uh, go ahead and send them this. I'll try to make it as interesting as possible. But there are two main questions I get, when, especially when we told people we were going to do this 14-month trip around the world. The first one was, how are you going to afford it? I already did an episode on, the, on how we were affording it. Uh, it's earlier in the series. But um, the second question, though, is how are you going to pack? You know, People could not get their minds around that. And uh, I understand. So that's what today's episode is all about. I'm going to be talking about packing things that I pack that I shouldn't have. uh, And I look foolish. And things that we packed and we weren't sure how much we were going to use them. And I'll tell you how all all of that went. Before I get into the packing list items which will be pretty interesting. I looked. I, I got some feedback from my family. We looked over the list. There's some embarrassing things that I brought uh, that I'm going to come clean on because I owe you honesty. But before I get there, there's some housekeeping items. When you're, when you're thinking about doing a longer trip, you know, we met a lot of people while we were traveling. Our trip's almost over. We have two more weeks here in Spain. We met a lot of people, and I sort of got the feeling that there's there's a couple of um, lines of thinking. There's there's the family that kind of floats and just goes with the wind and, and, and they're kind of like gypsy style. And then there's kind of like what we did, which was much more deliberate. We, you know, I'm not going to say other families don't have a budget. I mean, I think, I think you do. In fact, our budget, we routinely blew through it. So... You're always going to, it's human nature. You're going to go over your budget quite a bit. You know, it's easier to spend money than to make money. Uh, But we were deliberate in how we were planning things out. We were quite sure that we would not sort of just travel indefinitely. Um, That's really not what we are cut out to do. And we like our lives back home. And so we knew we were going to go back to Colorado at some point. But we knew that we had to take care of a few odds and ends. And you're not really sure what you're going to need to be up against. So the major, first major thing is, is insurance. You know, that's a big thing for Americans. Um, that's like, the, you know, when I would meet a foreigner, it's usually like one of the first questions they'd ask is like, oh, what's going on with health care over there? You know, you guys 
are you even able to see the doctor? Or is it a million dollars? And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. It's pretty much a million dollars for anything right now. I mean, our health, our health care system is a major problem. It's something that needs to be fixed. Uh, this is not the podcast, obviously, to tackle that issue. Uh, I have some thoughts on, on what to do. But, you know, foreigners, and especially in Europe, you know, they have the socialized medicine. They pay outrageously high taxes. I mean, taxes that would make California blush, you know, in many cases. Um, but they get stuff out of it. They get for, for their taxes. And I talked about this way back when we were in Sweden. It's like Sweden gets called out for having high taxes, but they get a lot out of it. Um, a lot of times in America, you know, you you pay pretty high taxes. You know, we're not like a low tax system. And yet, if you're if you earn a decent enough income, you're not getting anything out of that system. You're hardly getting anything out of your tax system. So it's frustrating. I tend to agree with foreigners on the health thing, health insurance thing. We obviously want to incentivize people, our best and brightest, to become health practitioners. And uh, a socialist system is not the way to do that. But there are some tweaks that we can make. There are some efficiencies we could implement. There are some redundancies we could remove. We could hold... We could... We could uh, keep costs low look what's going on right now is not not capitalism when you see a capitalist when you see something where the cost of services are way out of control that's not capitalism you know adam smith would not approve of what uh uh, of that you know a market approach is supposed to ascribe proper value through a price discovery mechanism and it's not pure capitalism when when you're talking about these out of control cost so we can get into that um, we did obtain health insurance uh, you have two options really you could get a full travel policy or you can just do the nomad insurance the nomad insurance is tantalizingly affordable you know that's the thing people are going to get suckered into thinking maybe that's the way to go for a year that really that just gives you catastrophic coverage uh, we you know that's like 150 dollars a month and you think, well, what you know, what's the worst could happen? What could go wrong? But we actually opted for a full-on policy through um, uh, Cigna, one of those terrible companies, and uh, yeah, we pay about eight hundred dollars a month, and that that stinks. You know, it cuts out of your travel budget, but I think it's a responsible thing to do for our family at least. And so we had a full policy the entire time. You know, you don't use it a lot. The health insurance and the, or the health uh, checks that we got on the road and the medicines were all pretty cheap. Um, my wife got, she takes some medications, uh, and, uh, she got some really cheap ones over in Athens. And so now we're thinking, you know, maybe we start uh, traveling anytime we need to get health insurance. It's called medical tourism. I'd love to do a podcast episode on that. Uh, I mean, it sounds kind of boring, but uh, I, I am interested in that, in that concept of medical tourism. Quickly on that note, um, we did go to a dentist in Turkey, and it was affordable. We paid out of pocket for that because um, we didn't our, our policy didn't cover dental. But very nice dentist. If I need to do any kind of medical or any dental work, I will consider Turkey, uh, specifically in Fedier. A really nice dental office. Uh, the hygienist that 
attended us was uh, very intelligent and was a fluent English speaker, and I I was very pleased um, with the technology in the office. So it wasn't like you're in the back of some like barn next to the chickens and some guy comes in who's like been tending his fields and it's like looking at your teeth. It was not that at all. Okay, the next thing to think about is your cell phone plan. So um, many carriers in the U.S. will not allow you to travel around on their plan unless you're in the diplomatic corps or your military. Uh, as soon as you start bouncing around from country to country, they they'll cut you off. Um, my wife actually used T-Mobile though, and they they're not as quick to cut you off. And so she was able to every every month we were basically in a new country, and they never really fully caught on, or they just let it slide. Um, she would show up in a new country. She'd get a text. Um, her plan's kind of expensive, though, so it wasn't it wasn't the best. Um, but she never had to mess with her phone and get a new SIM card. You know, I used to hear people, you know, the Rick Steves of the world, like, hey, I'm, I just get a new SIM card in every country. In fact, sometimes they were just buying new cell phones. That always sounded like a major headache because when I... The last thing I want to do when I show up somewhere for my vacation is uh, go hang out in some cell phone store in, in another country and like do the run around like, oh my God, it's a huge headache. But lo and behold, I had to do that. So I used the Google Fi plan. Um, it was a lot cheaper than my wife's uh, T-Mobile. But Google Fi, they kind of, I, I felt like I was misled. I was kind of suckered in to think, oh, it's... You know, anywhere in the world you can use this. Well, in the fine print, of course, they say you can't indefinitely go to any part of the world. Really, if you go to like some vacation for a couple weeks, you're fine. But once I started going from country to country, they gave me the cutoff notice. And so I no longer had my Google Fi plan, but I still paid to have text and cell phone. Because the other thing is I did have to text and I have to call and occasionally with some of our, you know, businesses and real estate and all that stuff back home. And you have to do these calls at weird hours. And when you get a cell, when you get a SIM card, I, I ended up having to like get SIM cards in every country. And that's a real pain. I mean, sometimes it was easier, sometimes tougher. A couple of countries, I just did a downloadable SIM. So I didn't have to go to the weird, like, cell store and like you know use hand signals to tell them what I wanted um the downloadable sim that was that worked pretty well um you know some countries uh the system worked well and it was cheap you know Thailand was fine uh I think Vietnam was okay Turkey the 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 sim cards are really expensive Turkey um you know for for thing, sometimes things are cheap there, and sometimes they're crazy expensive. Like something's going on, and that one, and the the SIM card was one thing. Um, the best SIM card setup was in Austria. It was a T-Mobile shop in Austria. Um, you know, everyone in Vienna is going to speak perfect English. Uh, totally cool, great coverage. It was a value bomb. A total value bomb. 
Okay, and going back to the medical stuff, um, if you you don't really have to pack a whole lot of like kids, just you know, over the counter stuff like Tylenol, that kind of stuff. One thing about Europe and uh, a lot of these countries, the pharmacy is a huge deal in these cultures. I've never seen so many pharmacies. I mean, you, you can find one on every corner. It's like you go, you just go there to hang out. Just like, you know, I don't know. I don't have a lot going on, but I'm just, I want to take a look. I want to see what you guys have. Walk around the store. Um, you know, note no to file. You know, sometimes things like uh, contact lens solution, you have to get that in pharmacies. Um, so there's some more, some restrictions. Like you know, in the States, I mean, you can get that anywhere. You can get that at a gas station. And... Uh, no, not abroad. You know, you stuff like that. Um, oddly enough, is even in Western Europe. I mean, they have it in in these pharmacies. But you're going to get a pharmacy anywhere. So just for your standard Tylenols and just medications you need along the road, go to the pharmacy. Like I said, my wife takes a few medications. She was able to find them cheaply at these pharmacies. Um, but again, you you know. If you're just on a two-week vacation, you don't want to waste one of your days doing this. But if you're traveling for a year, I mean, take the time to um, to, to walk around and, and find find a pharmacy, find the things you need. Sometimes it takes a few hours of, you, know, you just got to look at it as part of the process. A couple other uh, costs, you know, like haircut. Um, you know, haircuts are, for me, they're a problem. I have to get one every month. Uh, so that that started to be, you know, it, they weren't they weren't terribly expensive. Um, you know, laundry laundry costs can kind of add up. Although even that, I mean, Southeast Asia, I mean, talk about a value bomb. Um, Southeast Asia with the uh, laundry costs was just unbelievably cheap and wonderful. Um, country you need visas to visit many Southeast Asian countries, and so watch your visa rules and use them efficiently. We had some times where we didn't fully plan out our trip around the visa cost. We maybe didn't maximize it. You know, if you spend $200 to get into Turkey, you get 90 days. Uh, We had to do that one time and we only were there for a week because it was a stopover on one, on our ticket to go to Southeast Asia. And there's just, there's no real way around that unless you come back during your 90 day so, you know, try to maximize your visa stuff as much as possible. That visa is not something that I ever considered at all, um, period. I just didn't think about it. Uh, if you're going to Western Europe, you don't need one on a American passport. You just get the 90 days in, in Schengen zone. I talked about this when we were back in England, but the channel... I keep calling it the channel. That that's the most boomer thing to call it. It's the uh, Eurostar train from London to Paris. Um, your grandpa probably called it the channel. Um, I booked that way too late. You that's one you want to book early. Uh, I messed that one up. But a lot of these like smaller train lines, you know, like in Italy, we kind of booked those trains about a week out. No problem there. Czech Republic, same thing. Austria. You don't have to book your train tickets like six months out. Uh, air, airline tickets. Um, if you're just doing inter-Europe um, travel, 
Uh, you don't need to book too early. Um, the, you know, but that's all part of the planning and, and it, it's, it's hard. I, when I was on, uh, I was on a podcast recently and I talked about this, it's hard to really plan everything out to the minute. And so we weren't, we're not a family that does that, but we met a lot of families that don't plan at all. And they just kind of go with the wind and then they're hanging out and they're, and they're like, where do we go next week? You know, check this country out. And if you really are totally flexible, um, that might work, but you're not going to get, you know, the best rental opportunities. I mean, this is a new world order where everyone is like a millionaire because of inflation. And so everyone has bucks and they're ready to go travel. And I don't know how it's happening, but all the cool places are packed. All the Airbnbs are, are sold out. And so we actually got some really great places because of booking really far in advance. Uh, our place in Prague, um, uh, because I had a little bit of insider knowledge cause I had done, I had spent a lot of time there and I knew this neighborhood and we got a value bomb in, uh, in, in Prague. We, you know, we got, we, we overpaid in Turkey just based on what it should have been, but that's cause Turkey's in crazy inflation country, but there's some other places where we booking early really helped us and had we not booked early we probably would have either not gotten something and had to go to some other place or you end up overpaying so booking airbnbs early i definitely recommend that to the extent possible we'll be right back Hi, this is the World Travel Dad. I'm so happy that you listened to this podcast, and I hope you're really enjoying it. Do you remember when I used to do the headlines at the beginning of the show? Well, I turned that headlines segment into a separate show, so I removed them from the travel show. Now it's a separate show called the World Travel Headlines Show, and it would be terrific if you would check that out. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for this little short show, and if you could just click on that link and take a look at it even if you don't listen to it like immediately i'll understand but maybe at some point you will and even if you're a bot you know all are welcome so thanks for uh checking it out let's get back to this thing i'm calling a show Without further ado, here are the packing item list. I'm going to do one that uh, we packed that worked out really well, and then one that didn't work out so well, and I'll just kind of alternate. So the first thing is the uh, speaker that we have. It's like a Bose. It's one of those little, like, Bluetooth speakers. I remember when Bluetooth speakers were just amazing. You're like, oh, my God, I can just take this anywhere? There's no cords? Uh, now they're kind of run of the mill. Everyone's got one. Everyone's got multiple. Everyone's got a cooler one. You know, you pull it out at a party or something, but we, ours is just kind of like, uh, it's pretty durable, I guess. It's one of the selling points. And I have to admit, I took a look at it. We were packing and it's kind of heavy. Um, but I said, okay, 
let's throw her in there. And it turns out we've used it like constantly. So that one is my number one item that I was a little bit skeptical of because it's a little bit of a bigger speaker. But it creates good sound. It's durable. Take it to the beach. Play your Nora Jones in the morning when you're making your pancakes. And it's terrific. And then the first item that you want to take a real hard look at packing or iPads. Each of our kids had an iPad and we use them for school. Um, Not any like Zoom classes, although they did did things called out schools where they would um, they do something on Minecraft, but they'd have a teacher that was on a laptop and then they would have their their iPads and, and doing Minecraft. But, you know, we we started our trip and we were so disciplined and we weren't playing video games all day, but now the wheels completely fell off and now that's all we do. You know, nobody wants to see any medieval towns. Nobody wants to see any classical art. We just want to play Minecraft or watch YouTube. And so half the time, I think it might've been better just to get Kindles because that's the other thing that kids read their eBooks on these iPads. You can justify it, but Kindles might be the better way to go and just go back to the old school just teach them the old-fashioned way. Pencils, paper, you can get those anywhere. We took the lazy way out, and uh, we did a math program. I don't know that they learned anything. I mean, they might be at caveman level, for all I know, when we get back. Okay, this the next luxury packing item were uh, slippers. Uh, I don't wear slippers. Uh, I just sort of have uh, come to terms with the fact that my feet are going to be dirty for 14 straight months. But if that bothers you, slap on a pair of slippers. It's impossible to keep floors clean in, like, anywhere, I guess. I don't remember when, I, uh, when I'm at home having my feet be dirty all the time, but that's what happens, I guess, in every other country other than the U.S. And so bring a pair of slippers. We actually bought some when we were in Italy, we're still traveling around with them. Uh, my wife and my son are the ones that wear them. My daughter and I couldn't care less about how dirty our feet are. But they take up space in the bags. And every time I look at these things, I despise them. And, uh, I, and I despise the amount of space they're taking up just to keep your feet clean. It's just not for me. But uh, that was one that my wife said needs to be on the list. Okay, and then obviously when you're packing uh, clothes, you know, you got to have clothes. Uh, I'm not saying you don't have to have some clothes. Um, I always had dreamed of just like, where can I go where I just need a pair of flip-flops and a bathing suit? And like, that's it. Um, you can kind of get away with that a little bit in, t- in, in Kalanta, but everyone romanticizes it. And that gets me off on a whole nother thing. You, know, you still are going to the jungle. And the jungle... Um, when you look at a picture is different than when you're in it and let's just leave it at that so consider what type of clothes you're wearing we got all this like high-tech like mosquito repellent crap and it didn't work and I threw mine away and uh, uh, the worst yeah this is for another day but the the worst mosquitoes we had in in the entire trip were in southern France so yeah go figure the jungles of uh, Vietnam couldn't hold a candle to France. Uh, 
and and the, the mosquito proof clothing i i don't know if it worked or not just get some good just get some good repellent bali has these little like non deet little spray bottles that work just fine they they smelled fine they're cheap you just be diligent put some bug repellent on and uh, grow up it's a mosquito just grow up but on the clothes thing uh i uh, brought a sport coat and I mean, there's, look, I don't want to overpack. That's just not how I am. I'm very conscious of how much I'm packing, but I don't want to look like I live under a bridge. You know, I'm, I'm traveling to all these nice places. I'm going out to nice dinners all the time or semi nice. And I don't want to look like a vagabond. So I packed a damn sport coat and it was heavy, bulky. I only used it a couple of times. I'm ready to admit that I didn't need to pack the sport coat, but I have a couple of pictures in Paris and I sure look sharp, but leave stuff like that at home. Leave the sport coat at home. That's just, that's completely stupid. That was so not what I'm all about. It was so impractical. Uh, but you got to think about clothes and you, you, you can take a little bit of the um, Rick Steves model you know, he he'll, he brings like one set of clothes, like washes them in his sink. I mean, that's a little over the top, but you know, the the more once we like started sending all of our clothes back to the states and got like our, our bags lightened up and we got more um, mobile and um, you know and, and lightweight, um, it it makes it more fun. Travel days aren't as bad, and so I think you can't put too much of a premium on underpacking don't have three sets of everything and bear in mind that you're going to buy some clothes while you're traveling and uh maybe not in scandinavia because it's a zillion dollars but we certainly started buying clothes once we hit southeast asia and um, they're nice well well made clothing and so you're going to want to make room for that anyway and, and some of the shirts you, you bring you're going to throw them out I, I threw a lot of clothes out or I, I donated I should say um, I threw out very little because you can you can donate too so. okay the next luxury packing item that worked out really well was a packable safe we uh, we use a pack safe P-A-C uh, S-A-F-E uh, they didn't spell pack right I, I don't know if that has anything any kind of importance or anything they are not a sponsor uh, I tried to get some kind of a sales link and they didn't even have one I think they're doing just fine without without me but um, even though they're not a sponsor I will uh, uh, give give put my support behind them I think it's a good product it's basically like this nylon bag it's like a bigger bag has a rope around the top that you probably need some like bolt cutters to get through it I, I it's like a metal kind of thin rope and then the point is it ties off at the top so you you can put stuff in there like laptops your valuables ties around the top and then you wrap the other cord around something that's affixed to a wall or, and bolted in and it's very tough i mean if, if you wanted to steal our bag you'd have to like take the bed frame with you you're not going to get very far with that um, we ended up using this almost everywhere and um, even in, you know, even in Western Europe, heck, especially in Western Europe, um, you know, the petty theft, you're going to get hammered in Western Europe. 
um, you know, countries like Turkey, there's very little petty theft, you know, because you get your arm chopped off there. So people aren't doing it. But in Southeast Asia, um, people aren't stealing either. They're, you know, it's more, it's more Zen, Confucius, all that stuff. But we still locked our stuff up because you just never know. And even in a nice hotel that has a safe, the safe is going to maybe fit your wallet, not going to fit your laptops. And uh, lock those uh, passports up. Those are important. You need those to get home. So everywhere we went, we were diligent about locking it up. And uh, the pack safe, um, it, it took up a little bit of room in a bag, but it kind of lays flat. So that's another good thing. And I think it was a really good product and a good idea. So think about that. We also brought a couple of headlamps, and we never used them. There were a couple of dark nights in Kalanta, Thailand, where once we saw that there were like scorpions and how like swampy it was, we thought maybe it's a good idea to like see where we're walking. But then I always forgot to bring it out. And that was the last time I had any inkling of using it. And so we ended up shipping these headlamps back home. Uh, you don't need to bring the headlamps I, unless you're camping somewhere. And we didn't camp. So we bought this, uh, Stara pen, uh, UV water purifier pen. Um, that was uh, something my friend Mike recommended, uh, if he's listening, and that was a good recommendation. And I had that on my initial packing list. I purchased it, brought some backup batteries too, because it's a, kind of one of those weird batteries, and you're not going to find them on the road usually. Uh, and I end up going through a couple of sets of batteries. I use this thing all the time. I actually did. I have a sales link for this company, but I think I don't even know how to use it, so it's broken. But if you if you want to see which one, um, I think it's in, it's linked in the show notes still. Um, that's the one that we use, and you have to make sure that that you have a liter um, bottle so that you can fit this into the top of it. Because if you can't just put it in any old water bottle, so that's something to think about. Um, and my wife thought about that. She did all the planning for this. As you can tell, I was just, I kind of sat there like a caveman and just said, duh. And, uh, but I, I love the, I love the water pen. I took it over immediately. It's my best friend. Uh, we show up at a new place. Water is so key. Um, I've never seen, I have such a new appreciation for water. If you if you listen to the Czech Republic episodes and how hard I had to fight there to get any kind of water, um, how much I had to pay for it, and and it's not even over. We're I'm back to fighting for water in, in Spain, fresh water. You know that's just not. It's something you can't. I, I coming from Colorado, we don't take water for granted. Okay, um, we're we're not a red state where you like spray down like sidewalks for fun like we understand that water is a very precious resource and so I, I never took it for granted but I didn't realize how important it was till we started traveling and the idea um, that I can show up in some strange place and I don't care what kind of gunk's coming out of the damn tap I have my pen and I'm gonna kill all the bacteria in that gosh darn water and my family's gonna survive when I show up in the middle of nowhere. And I don't care that, that other people aren't thinking about it. That's something I think about all the time. The SteriPen water pen has been my best buddy. And if you go back to the Bali episode when 
my son and I did the water experiment. You wouldn't believe what kind of stuff's growing in this water. Um, that was an eye opener and it was an eye opener how, how dirty pool water is too. So that's a, that's another topic. But on that note, we brought a bunch of Nalgene bottles over and these things were just cumbersome, just took up space. And the irony of it is I was completely against Nalgene's. I knew I needed some type of container to do the water pen, but I didn't think everybody in the group needed a Nalgene and uh, I was against it. And guess who is the only person with an algae left? That would be me. Uh, somehow everyone else, either we lost Nalgene's or we put some like laundry detergent in there and it ruined the smell forever. And uh, I, I'm the last one with an algae and that's what I use my SteriPen for. I would say you just need one. You just need one Nalgene. You know, if you want to go crazy on water bottles, I, I don't know. They, they just... I don't know where to put them when I'm like walking around. Where, where do you put the Nalgene? You just like attach it to your bag and it's hanging, swinging all over the place. You get into a airport, you know, you dump out your water before you get into the security line. You know, I always forgot that. I'd have to chug a bunch of water, you know, because now you can't go through a security line with water. Um, so, you know, I think the Nalgene's not necessary. And then uh, another thing on the luxury packing list would be a good knife. Um, a lot of these Airbnbs, it's like they don't, they're not set up for like a two-week stay. Um, the knives are from the, the 80s. Uh, not a lot of good cooking implements. The chef's best friend is a good pairing knife. You can use that for anything. I recommend getting a, getting a pairing knife, getting a case for it. Pack it. Don't don't give the TA, don't give the airport security the satisfaction of taking something nice. You know they love that. You know they the glee that they experience when they get to pull something nice off of someone. I just bought some cologne in, in Valencia, and I'm not letting them get their hands on my cologne. Okay, uh, but a good knife uh, goes pretty far when you get when you get somewhere and you want to cook a meal. And, and stop giving all your money to restaurants. I'm pretty salty today. Um, but the good news is some of these items, some of the luxury packing items that I really highly questioned, we got such good use out of them. This is World Travel Dad. Let's face it, when I'm on the road, I get ripped off a lot. And I'm constantly making a fool of myself. But... I'd like to share those moments with you because maybe it'll help you avoid a similar fate or maybe you can just make fun of me. Well, the, our luck in uh, encountering petty theft kind of caught, uh, finally caught up to us a little bit. So this whole time I've been using my pack safe, uh, watching my items, spending the last 14 months being completely paranoid and then we let down our guard one afternoon. We had rented bikes in Valencia, and uh, we locked them up everywhere. I mean, that's like 101. You got to lock your bikes up. But uh, we didn't lock the helmets up. Now, we were taking the helmets inside. We had two helmets for the kids. Um, grown-ups, you don't need to wear a helmet. Come on. You know, what are you doing? just riding around in, the, in a bike lane in, in, a, in a city 
do it sightseeing. You don't need a helmet. Um, that's not legal advice. You know, if you want to look like a dork, you wear a helmet. I don't, but the kids do. I want them to have one. They're, you know, they're liable to um, fall, do something. So it's, it's a lot safer. So nice guy next to us rented us the bikes, and he gave us the two helmets. And then one day we didn't bring him inside. I go back out to return the bikes, and I didn't actually physically check this, but I think the guy said, "I think when he took the bikes, he said, you know, where's the second helmet? I said I didn't know, and it occurred to me that we had somehow lost it. And the only thing I can think of is somebody just came by and grabbed the damn helmet. Um, so that's uh, it wasn't very much. Pretty cheap helmet. I'm, I, you know, the guy's not going to give it to us for free. Uh, he already negotiated with us on the on the six day bike rental. Um, it's not his fault. It's my fault. It's our fault. We should have shouldn't have been lazy. Even if it's hot, even if it's like, uh, last thing you want to do is bring the helmets upstairs. Because I'm, I'm thinking, who's gonna steal a helmet? I mean, what is, what are you even doing? Do you really need the helmet? But it happened. So that's a reminder out there, um, especially when we got back to Western Europe. You're more likely to encounter petty theft than in Turkey. You know, in Turkey, you'll, the penalties are very high, as I previously stated graphically. So um, Western Europe is like the home of, you know, they they constantly remind you about pickpockets. Does anyone even pickpocket anymore? I mean, is that even a thing? I That's so, like, old school. I, I think there's a whole, there's a new wave. They're looking to steal anything they can. And this time it was a, a kid's uh, bike helmet. So there you go. I want to personally thank you for listening to this show. Without you, the audience, I wouldn't even be able to do this. Now, I wanted to ask you to do me one personal favor. If you could go to the show notes on your smartphone, if you could hit subscribe and give me a five-star review, I would love that. Unfortunately, a three or a four-star review, though honest, doesn't really help. And if you are going to give me a one or a two-star review, you're obviously a depraved individual and may God have mercy on your soul.